Hey, everybody. We are back on the West Coast Preps podcast. You know, it's a legendary duo, I guess, because Noah Glosson is on this podcast, the extraordinary. You've seen it probably so many games getting God knows how many interviews he's gotten in the last 12 months of his life. I'm not sure. I can't keep track of him half the time because he's everywhere. But thanks for coming on, Noah. And we've got a great thing of high school sports going on with Chris Jackson and Noah Glosson to talk about. First off, I think we all know, broke the news on Friday, Jerry on Dickey has left Valley Christian for modern day. The powerful state champions, national champion, everything else. Jerry on Dickey, a family moved down to Southern California. No, I guess just your initial thoughts on the move. Well, first of all, Chris, thank you so much for having me on this podcast. It means a lot. Um, I was a little shocked. I know that Jerry on Dickey is a very humble young man. He comes from a single family household. He loves his mother. He's very close. We've seen that video of him giving the football to his mother after that touchdown celebration was over Sports Center and all the major uh, sports news companies. Um, he's a five-star, recently rated a five-star, uh, the number two receiver in the class of 23. Um, he's got great hands, very physical, well-built, and I can definitely see him doing some amazing things this modern day and complimenting their star quarterback, Elijah Brown. Yep. Yeah, he's going to be a huge fit there, right? It's – I guess the one thing I saw at Sweet that was dope, the one thing modern day lacked was super sour receivers. And guess what? They've got Terry on Dickey coming. He's got an Oregon commit. He's, I mean, you see him. It's one of the best players that I think any of us have really seen coming out of the receiver spot. There's been some great ones. Devontae Adams. I know Troy Franklin's from Mendel Athern. He's followed out. So these last couple of years, Jerry on Dickey's right up there among the best. Five stars for a reason. The number two receiver in his class by 247 and on three.com going to Oregon, family move. There's a lot of different reasons why family move. It's, it's legitimately a full thing. I moved to Southern California. They're now all going down there. I heard rumblings about this for a month. It's official now that he's no longer enrolled at Valley Christian. He's no longer going to be in the West Catholic Athletic League. I think this changes up our preseason rankings probably quite a bit. And the question I've got for you now is where does Valley Christian go from here without a five-star superstar like Jerry on Dickey? Well, Valley Christian has an um, impressive football culture. Their head coach has been a great football coach for almost, I think, 20 or so years. Uh, they've got a receiver like Kai Hamilton. Uh, he's definitely a start, solid junior, and he will probably lead the way after uh, Dickey's departure. I know that <clears throat> uh, Jackson Berman, the uh, Washington-bound quarterback, uh, recently graduated. But sophomore Jonathan Kraft, I think from what you've said, you've seen him, is pretty good. He can sling the football. Um, I think the offensive line is obviously their strong suit. They have a sophomore who is both offers from Arizona, Cal, and San Jose State. So I don't know where they go from here, but I do think they could definitely win a couple games and maybe make some big steps in the West Catholic Athletic League because you should never rule them out. Yeah, you should. And line play is such a big thing, especially in the WCL. They've got it. So you've got Champlain, you've got you got a couple other studs next to them. Rain Mayo's there. You've got some really good linemen coming up there. Valley Christian Sports, I know they've actually added a couple of great pieces this year, too, of players that are coming in. Jonathan Kraft's a solid quarterback. I think he's going to really show a lot of people what he's about these next couple of years there. Kai Hamilton's a really good receiver. I think he could play in the Pac-12. He's someone now that with Dickey's gone, he's going to get a lot of targets this year in these next two years without Dickey there. He's going to be a good one. It's different. It's I think on paper it's hard to say Valley Christian – will win the WCAL, right? I think it's just on paper, but who knows? We've seen some crazy things, right? I don't think anybody thought St. Francis was going to be De La Salle right last year, right? And they did. 
look what happened. I don't think anybody thought De La Salle wouldn't make it to the state championship game. And so many different things have happened. Maybe Valley Christian rises up. Machado has done it for years. He's won titles, done a lot of things. So they've got a proven culture. They've got great line play. And that's a huge factor to competing in that league. And Valley Christian will still be there near the top. Do they win? That's tough to say. We'll have some league preview podcasts and league preview stories, and we'll really get into that and those predictions. But when you've got a great line playing that league, like we've said, that's that's going to take you a lot of places, and that's going to make you a contender at the end. Yeah, but I think that they could definitely be a three or a four team. Honestly, you know, you have St. Francis. I know they lost a lot of depth from that team last year. They lost Viliami uh, Teu, also from East Palo Alto. He's now at San Jose State after accepting a walk-on. And their line was massive. They created so many holes for um, Juju, and he was able to capitalize on them, 27 touchdowns over 2,200 yards. But And their quarterback's gone. However, I think there are some reasons to be optimistic. Aaron Knapp and Matt Doherty Jr. are both rising prospects in the um, system, in the uh, program, along with senior Andrew Atkinson. He played really well in the game. We saw uh, Sarah in St. Francis in the regular season finale caught three passes, uh, for 112 yards, two touchdowns, um, obviously overshadowed by Billy Amiteu's record-breaking performance. But I do see St. Francis making a jump out. Will it be the South? Probably not, but I think it could be interesting down the line. Yeah, St. Francis still has so many great players coming up. I love the quarterback spot. Matt Doherty's healthy. Josh Perry did a great job there last year as a senior. It was good to see what he did there. They, I know you lose him. You lose Dylan Golden. You lose Juju Teo, that great line. They lose a ton of starters on both sides of the ball. By the way, I like what they've got. Andrew Atkinson's a great receiver. Kiala Kianene is a great defensive back at safety. You think he's going to be another guy that could play in the Pac-12. He's got all the tools to play there. St. Francis, I know they might look like they're going to take a quote-unquote big step back on paper. I don't think it's going to be a far step back. If they're not top two in the league, they're top three at worst in the WCL. And that's and if you're behind Saren Bellerman, that's not tough, but I, I could see, I could so easily see them beating the Bellarmine again this year and taking a number two spot, but I could also see Bellarmine beating them too. I, I think that that top three in that league is fascinating. And St. Francis still is going to be a really, really good team this year. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the West Catholic Athletic League, um, you know, St. Francis sent um, some really, imp- has had some really impressive players over the last few years. But then here comes Bellarmine. Um, they're really rising up the ranks I know we talked about this before. The offensive line is essential in the West Catholic Athletic League. We talked about that with the Stairs line last year and uh, St. Francis' offensive line. He seems to be getting bigger and bigger and more physical. That's showing up holes for senior running back Ben Pfaff. He's shown promise. Uh, in order to uh, do that, you also need to protect the quarterback, Nate Escalada. They made it to the Division One semifinals against Sarah after knocking out Los Gatos and that uh, thriller to end it on that. Yeah, what a crazy, yeah, what a crazy yeah. ending that was, right? What the heck was that? Greg is lucky to see a walk off like that. Yeah, of. I, I think we'd all be blessed to have one game like that in our lives. Maybe if you're not on the losing end, but if you're just there like us and you're able to cover it, that's I've never seen an ending like that in my life. Yeah. I mean, Bellman's going to face some tough competition. I think in week two, they got McClyman's, and that's going to be a tough one to face. Yep. Yeah. Let's go through some of these schedules right now. So we already have Sarah's schedule popped up. So let's go through some of these crazy schedules. These WCAL teams have Sarah right away. I wish they could have played Pittsburgh these last couple of years, but 
obviously those terrible fires with the smoke last year and the year before COVID made it a short season. But Sarah right away opens up against Folsom. Week two, they go to De La Salle. The third week, they play Central Catholic from Modesto, a team that went to state. So, right, that's their first three games. Then they get into league where they play St. Francis, Midian, Bellamy's the next three after that. It's Sarah's going to be ready come postseason time when you have to play all of those teams. That's that's a schedule for the ages. I think that, that De La Salle game is going to be jam-packed when Sarah goes there, too. Then Bellarmine starts off with Mendel Athrin. They play McClyman's the next week, San Leandro. That Bellarmine-McClyman's game in week two in Oakland is going to be a game I think we've all got circled on our calendars. I mean, early on, and I believe week four, they have St. Francis. We can see what happens this year. They won in the championship thriller um, in the CCS finals. That knocked out a historic season and did the um, ended bitterly for the Lancers, but I can see definitely Sarah making massive strides. They were representing the W the Northern California open team last year, put up a tough effort against modern day Patel G first running back of the season to have a hundred plus yards in a game against the Monarchs. That stiff defense, you know, 30 plus offers and prospects on that program. However, I do see uh, other, a lot of players and Sarah taking a big step. Their junior class is pretty amazing. Yes. I mean, you look at these guys, Malachi Smith. Malachi Smith boasts eight offers from schools. Patel G's graduated. Joseph Bay has offers from Arizona State, Pittsburgh, and SJSU. And so many more amazing players that could really make big strides in their first year on varsity. Yeah. They've got a great offensive line again. You've got a San Diego State commit in Ryan Silver there. You've got a great tight end, the Seamus Go Martin. I know we saw him make a couple of big plays last year. He's going to really take a big step up. He's got a lot of D1 offers rolling in, especially this offseason. You see his size, his skill level, and just the potential there. Makes him a really rising prospect. And with more film his senior season, I think he's going to rack up. I could see him easily racking up another eight to ten offers with more great senior season film, especially in Patrick Walsh's offense and that quarterback. Milwaukee Smith, like you mentioned, he's got a great arm, great size. I can see why he's got all these offers. And that 2024 class is something special. I know Hassan Mahasen, right? He was out late last season with that horrific injury. And Dominic Lampkin graduates. I know you lose some great linemen, but look at what's coming up, too. You've got this 2024 class is another year more experienced. Joseph Bay hits, and he hits hard. He's got some offers. Jabari Mann's got some offers. Danny Neal. Watching what these kids are going to do this year and next year is it's going to be something. It's, it's honestly, it's just going to be a sight to behold, I should say, at Sarah. And they're, they're probably they're a top two or three team in the Bay Area this year, without a doubt. Again, I agree. Even if they only win like one or two games in the first three, they have Folsom, Dale Style, and Central Catholic. I think they could very well, if they knock off Dale Style they would be the number one team in the Bay Area. I know Folsom's tough. They got that tight end, Walker Lyons, recently committed to Stanford. <clears throat> and um, you have a lot of other great prospects, <clears throat> excuse me, that can uh, really make some noise out there. So I think when these teams play Folsom, it's going to be really intriguing. Yes, it is. And the Folsom's got coming back with Lions. I know where you've got Rico coming up there. He's going into a senior year. He's – Another four-star, Austin Mack, coming up at the quarterback spot, Tyler Tremaine. I think a lot of opposing defense coordinators are like, oh, he finally graduated, thank God. But now you've got to deal with Austin Mack coming up, and he's got some offers too. So that's going to be a great game to watch. But now let's go out to the East Bay and talk about some of these teams. I know you wanted to discuss, too, coming from 
Let's just go to the football rich city of Danville now right out there. We're going to start off with San Ramon Valley. Lost an amazing 2022 class of graduates, right? Jack Quigley is now going to Contra Costa College. He was an all Bay Area quarterback. Jackson Brown, that offensive lineman's a Cal. Tanner Salisbury, UNLV. Tyler Hoffman's playing D1 football. But what are your thoughts about San Ramon Valley football in 2022? I think they lost a lot of depth. Like you said, Hoffman, Brown, um, Salisbury, and Quigley, they were all key components of that offense. However, their offensive line does return a key component, Laird Wheeler. Yeah, he's a good lineman physical, boasts an Air Force offer. Uh, senior receivers Trevor Scott and Caleb Pagerid, uh have a lot of potential to break out. And I know we don't talk about this often, but Luke Baker, he's got promise at quarterback. I know he's got big shoes to fill for the quarterback like Jack Quigley, but I do think this team can make some strides even after that loss of that amazing senior class. And when we do our San Juan Valley team preview later this summer, I guess going into the fall, one quote I'm going to put in there is what Caleb Padrid said about Luke Baker in his interview. He's one of the most slept-on quarterbacks in Northern California. He showed some promise when he stepped in there last year. The Baker family, you've had Clark, you've had, right, you've had Zach Baker coming through San Ramon Valley, winning a lot of games. That Luke's going to be that one that wins a lot of games at San Ramon Valley. And sure, they do lose that great class, but San Ramon Valley is going to be right there contending for an EBA All-Mountain title again this year. Line play is a big thing. They've got that. Riley Gann is a good 2023 tight end. Right, went to IMG Academy for a year. Now he was back last year. He just had to play behind Tyler Hoffman, right? So it's hard to get all the reps you can at the spot. Now he's that starting tight end. Riley Gann, I think, is going to be a guy that's going to start ending up with some offers as well. He's going to put up some big numbers. I'm really interested, really, really interested to see what they do. And Caleb Madrid is a great player on offense and he got a lot of great defensive snaps last year and made a lot of plays there. So Caleb Woodard, a two-way guy, I think is going to be one of those huge impactful players that I think him alone is going to decide a few games with what he can do on offense and on defense. No, and I agree. And we're going to see, have to see what happens with the um, trophy of Danville. I know we bring over to Monta Vista, Johnny Miller, the assistant at Foothill, uh, takes over after C.J. Anderson's one-year stint. He headed off to Rice University, I believe, to coach uh, the running backs. Um, so key graduates from this program. We saw Monta Vista go, I think, 7-3, 7-4, kind of collapsed at the end of the season, lost to Cal in the Division I NCS quarterfinals um, thanks to an explosive run attack by the Grizzlies. They did beat them in the regular, in the regular season, though, uh, I can see a lot of key players stepping up. Um, Mateo Kongdon has shown promise. Stephen Rees is a good back. And plenty of, play of players are going to step up after the loss of the deep senior class. You know, you had Dylan Devitt, Cole Boskia, Jack Entries staying home at Cal. Rocco Schramm, one of our program's favorites, committed to Colorado State. And Nick Strump um, is committed to San Diego. That's a great class they lost you think something's may have been different in that playoff game against Cal? Did they win? I don't know, because the way Cal played that day, they, Monta Vista's offensive line was really depleted that day. And the EBL, WCL, especially when you've got some injuries along the line, that's going to be tough to win any game. I know Monta Vista's excited. Johnny Millard's the culture builder. That's what he is. He did that as an assistant at Foothill. He coached a great senior class this last year. He was up with them. That freshman year for that class went one and nine. Then what did they do? They won two league titles on that side of the EBAL. They went to an NCS championship this last year. Large coach a great defense. Now he's Monta Vista's head coach. Building a great culture right away. I know they've got the fan support. You've got administration support, city support, which is a huge in there. They're alumni base. 
and parents are really behind him right now. That's a huge thing to win over a program. He's got that. You've got right, Mateo Congdon's a great quarterback. They've got a couple of other quarterbacks too that are showing some stuff this offseason too. There's going to be a few quarterbacks that are going to see some plays this year, I think. You've got that. You've got Ben Leineke is a good player as well. Zach Diebner is going to play Division one football, especially with the way he's grown this offseason. He is a beast of receiver. I think he is going to be somebody that hits – if he doesn't hit 1,000 yards this year, he gets somewhere very close to that. You've got Talon Jones defensively. He's going to be a focal point at linebacker. He is big. He eats like a hog, this incredible diet. If you haven't checked out his story of what he does, he's a culture-building dude. Let's just say that. He's the perfect guy for Millard to have coming up. And you've got – this goes on and on. They've, they had a couple of great players actually move into their program as well. Kellen Ford was someone that moved over from San Ramon Valley. He's going to be somebody, I think, in the future that decides some games in Montevista too. I think this is a team, though, I'm sure they lost a lot like San Ramon Valley, but they're a team with this coaching staff they got with Millard and those assistants where I think Montevista, again, is going to be – if they don't finish at the top in the side of the league, I think they're going to be close. I'm sure they've got some youth and experience. Maybe right with an experience you're going to have some – bumps and bruises does that lead to losses no i'm not smart right but by the time they get to the end of the year they're going to be tough they're going to be a tough out to beat i can i can guarantee you that monovis is going to be there at the end competing for a league title and they're going to be competing to at least make a run in ncs as well i mean uh, johnny miller let's not go to johnny miller's home uh foothill where he came over from um i think foothill you know we saw that glass that class of graduates that helped lead them you know, from that one nine start to the um, league to the NCS title game, Nick Walsh won league MVP. Connor Perez is going to Whitworth. I remember, you know, he tore his ACL, came back like two weeks later. Uh, Brendan Souza is going to Sacramento State. Tony Scalacci was a star at tailback, and Kenny Olson, son of uh, Raiders OC Greg Olson, is going to Cal Poly. So, but there's a lot of talent. Let's you know talk about Chris Lawson, what he's done, how good he's going to be. Yeah, Chris Lawson is a national recruit already, and it was easy to see why. Had over 700 yards as a freshman at this level. He had some catches that were just stupid, and he looks even better and bigger this year too. So he's, I mean, he's he's a national recruit that's going to end up with 30 offers. I guarantee that by the time he's done in high school, he's that good of a player. Just, just go watch one of his games and you'll see why. Samir, a lot of years walked down corners too. Athletic, lengthy. He's gotten even bigger. He's put on more muscle in the weight room too. He's going to be even more physical at the point of attack. I think that's going to be huge in that defense. Jake, Pat, right? Jake Patterson, linebacker, junior, led the team in tackles last year. He comes back. Hey, Millard. Actually, Johnny's younger brother. I know their dad is still in the system. They're a great NFL veteran, pro bowler, all that stuff. Player of the year in the NFL too. In his career, so on that photo side, but he's going to be watching his son Cade do well. He had nine and a half sacks last year. He is a beast along the edge. He's, as when I saw him at spring practice, I didn't recognize him because of how much muscle he's put on this offseason. I think that was the biggest thing he needed to add was he could dominate in high school with his moves and everything else, but what about that size and that strength? And now he's really got that to where I think he's going to be someone like Johnny, like his dad is going to play at a high level school, like Johnny did at Cal Poly, his dad at Washington State. But it's going to be fun. It all comes down to quarterback play. You can't replicate a Nick Walsh with his game management, his leadership, his arm strength, his talent. He just had this ability to make plays. That factor you don't teach. What he did to win that Amador Valley game at the end, great two minutes left, finds Nolan Lombardi in the end zone. 
he knew what Amor Valley was doing on that play. He told Hobner, okay, I can see this happening right here. What happens? That's exactly what unfolds. He finds Noel Lombardi in the end zone, finds him touchdown. That was indicative of Nick Walsh's entire career. League MVP, you don't replicate that. But I will say their quarterback coming up, he's got confidence. He's good. He's got a good arm. He's – I think as Hobner said it, their head coach, Greg Hobner, said it was, he's somebody that you want to date your daughter with, his leadership, his skills, everything else. Plays the piano. I think he might know multiple languages. I know we're live on record saying this. Don't quote me on that, but heck, he probably does, knowing him. I think he's going to be good. He's going to take over the reins and with the hot, the culture that Hobner's built there. I think Foothill is still a favorite on that side of the EBAL this year. No, I agree. Their defense is coming back really strong. I know you lost um, guys like Scalacci, who also played on linebacker. Kenny Olsen played linebacker. He was a great athlete. But Lattier is going to get some Division One attention. He's athletic. He's tough. He had two interceptions last year. Jake Patterson was really impressive as a sophomore, and he loved the team in tackles. I think he could definitely replicate that success. Again, he's still got two more years of high school. Uh, Cade Millard, uh, Johnny's younger brother at Monta Vista, 9.5 tackles, uh, fourth on the team in sacks. He's got great leadership. I just think this foothill culture that they've been building over the last few years has been really phenomenal. And we saw that on display last season when they made it to the NCS title game against Campbell Lindo. Yeah, they did. They went to Rancho Katati and put a licking on Rancho Katati. And that is nothing against Rancho Katati. That was everything with what Foothill had playing that whole game. Everything. That game plan, their players, everybody stepped up, and that's going to continue. It's hard to take over for a legend like Matt Sweeney. I, to be honest, I remember when I saw that, I'm like, gosh, can Hobner – is he going to be able to win titles? And this is before we ever started West Coast Preps. Just seeing what Sweeney did my whole child and youth growing up and what has Hobner done. He's one – he's built that culture. He's a great leader. Kids have bought into him, and he's just so invested in the small details. If you watch a Foothill practice – he is so invested in every small, minute detail, and you see it when it comes to games, why line play is so good. If you want to just go back and watch that Amador Valley game, I know I mentioned it with Nick Walsh, but Amador Valley quick, they go up two scores. I think it was 14 to nothing midway through the first quarter. I could be wrong on that, but it was right away. You're thinking, oh, my goodness, Amador Valley is going to run them off the field. What a foothill do? Their game plan works. They hit. The, they executed everything. They got the small details right. They pounded it up the gut. Nick Walsh made all the right plays. Again, everybody stepped up in foot of one. I think it was just indicative of Greg Hobner's culture of everybody's bought in and nobody's bigger than the team. And Foothill, again, is going to be they're, – they're a top 25 team in the Bay Area until proven otherwise. Yeah, I agree. The quarterback question is really big. Same with Amador Valley. It's really, you know, how you're going to be able to replicate such a high IQ football player like Nick Walsh. Uh, he's not the most explosive player ever, but he's, you know, he's exciting to watch. He's got a good arm. He makes good reads. And I do think um, this team is going to be a lot different without him. But I'm excited to see what their head coach has in store because uh, never count him out. Yes, and Amador Valley is going to be another great team too. Last year, I know they went through their lumps and their bridges. I don't think – I know I had one of their players, their quarterback had mentioned, Ryan Cannon, he mentions, I don't think last year we were ready. I think we didn't, we didn't know it would be this difficult on that side of the league. Then they had a couple of close losses. The Clayton Valley game was close. Monta Vista was close. Now can Amador Valley turn the tide this year, win those close games, beat another couple of teams because they've got the talent. And Danny Jones has won there as a head coach. You watch his practices too. I remember tweeting this right after the practice for the season last year. One of the best practices I've ever seen from the way they just 
drill things. And the kids, the way the small details, like Hogner was what Jones was doing too. Did sure last year they didn't they lost more than half their games, but that side of the league they had an experienced quarterback who wasn't technically supposed to be a quarterback. And EJ Thompson did a phenomenal job. Athletic kid. He had a great arm and it made me think, wow, what if this kid played quarterback his whole life? Right. That's they, they did the best they could there. Now I think they're going to take another step up. They like Ryan Cannon, his nickname. I know one of their assistants even said it too, was Mr. Poise. He's very poised in the pocket. He's going to be somebody I think that's going to make some plays. Brady Nasser is a great guy, especially on the edge, that size, that toughness. You, you can't teach that stuff. He's coming into Colorado. He was somebody that said in the last year, he's like, I love football because I kind of have an anger problem out there, right? And it's the perfect sport to play along the edge. That's perfect. He destroys dudes on the edge. He's going to be a big time fire. Sure, James Rothstein's another guy I know you've talked about before. Six foot five, tight end defensive ends. He's got some division one offers. That line play alone is going to be huge to advance them in the EBL mountain. You've got some guys in the trenches that are going to decide ball games up there. Yeah, I agree. You could argue that some bumps and bruises last year, players still developing, but that edge tandem of Rothstein and um, Nisair is going to be really tough. I mean, Rothstein's got offers from schools like Idaho and Air Force and other and Northern Colorado and Army. While you know we have that guy um, Nasir, he's a great defensive end. He's a terror off the edge. Committed to Colorado, he's going to be a big impact player over there in Boulder. So I do think Amador Valley could very well make some noise in the Ebel Mountain, but there are obviously some other tough competitors in the East Bay, like California. I know they lost guys like Jake, Jake Cagno, Teddy Burras. They were a fantastic connection. They were a, one of the best in the Bay area for sure. Chevrolet runs notable loss. He had like 240 yards and just tore up Monta Vista in the quarterfinals. Uh, running back Devin Love and linebacker Cole Focus are going to be key returning players. Another question at the quarterback position, but it does look like Aiden Camberg, a UCSB commit that we saw on display in the spring for baseball. He could very well step up, and I am excited to see what Dan Calcagno has under his sleeve and what he can do with these, these group of guys. Oh, he just runs that perfect, fun style, spread offense. I think everybody saw the last 10 years just growing up watching that really develop from the Texas high school football and college ranks to everybody else. And his year, the terminology, everything. There's a reason why their offense was up a lot of points and they're going to be still be putting up a lot of points And that running back. I know you lose Trevor runs, but Devin love is a phenomenal 2024 running back. He's quick, shifty, explosive. He's going to be somebody that's going to be all league player at the end. And I, I think Devin loves somebody that's going to start racking up some college interest here soon. So. He's one of the more underrated players, I would say, in the Bay Area. Yeah, and last year, California was the only team to take down Clinton Valley. I know that they lost in a nail-biter, 24-21. Clinton Valley, uh, they're the reigning e-ball champions. Uh, Nick Tyson, Tim Murphy, they've done really well as head, co- as head co-head coaches. I think when Clinton Valley controls the clock, controls the tempo, they're unstoppable. We saw that against Cal. We saw, saw that with Greg going to the game against San Ramon Valley. Uh, Brendan Bush and Rashawn Woodland, they're two very tough kids. They're going to be missed for sure. But Kashabi, Nicholas Kashabi had 500 yards last season. And Micah Avery is a dangerous back as well. 
and that O-line always smothering you, always able to help them control the clock, especially with that potent ground attack. Uh, Richard McKay has five offers from schools like Arizona and San Jose State. So I really think that they could repeat as Evol champions. Yeah, they could because of that line play. And don't forget to Christian Aguilar moving over from Pittsburgh, the quarterback that stepped up, I believe, 21 and 27 in the NCS championship for over 300 yards when five-star Jaden Rosado was hurt. Aguilar steps up and he, Tony, he looked like a D1 quarterback. He had the mechanics, the poise in the pocket there. Aguilar is going to be somebody that I think is going to lead Clayton Valley to another big season. You've got Mike Avery coming up, a guy that you mentioned, Nicholas Kasabi. You've got Cody DiMartini is a really underrated wide receiver. That line play with Manuel Cerna and Richard McKay is really strong as well. So Clayton Valley, I've learned this year, they're not going to be a team I underestimate. Preview-wise and prediction-wise, that's a team that could easily win the league by year's end. But now, too, I would like to say that let's, let's do that. I think we can change this. We're going to do more actual, like, in-depth league previews these next few weeks, but early on, your favorite in the EBL mountain right now? I got to say Clayton Valley, Clayton Valley or Foothill. For Clayton Valley, the way they control the clock, Tim Murphy is a great coach. Nick Tisa is a great coach. Uh, they've got an exciting young core with, you know, Aguilar transferring, um, Micah Avery coming up, and Richard McKay spearheads that offensive line with offers from Arizona and San Jose State to name a couple. Then you have Foothill. That culture, you can never underestimate that culture over there. I know they lost a lot of depth from that class that really, you know, rose to the occasion over their high school careers, going from, you know, one win team to making it to the NCS title game. I do think that defense, though, is really going to be smothering, and they could make a case for the best defense in the E-ball, especially with, you know, Lottier, Miller, Patterson, all those guys. Definitely. And next week, we're going to get into both EBA, all sides go really in-depth on these programs and the the foothill athletic we're going to go into those a lot in our next podcast but now let's kind of go with some sleeper programs too let's name off your top three i guess sleeper programs in the bay area that you think deserve more attention this year and that you think will really rise up to the occasion in 2022 just name yourself three programs and why you think there's someone you got to keep an eye on that maybe we're not even given enough attention to i mean i honestly think akalani's but also you have schools like reardon Oh, we didn't talk about Reardon. You went to their practice, and you were impressed with what you saw. Obviously, they have a decorated football program. What they did have – excuse me, a decorated basketball program. But their football program is rising up. They have um, – they had a new head coach that led Menlo Atherton to a state title. They've got over, I think, 100 players in their program. They have an explosive defensive end, Isaiah Chala, with offers from Cal, Idaho, and Northern Arizona. Daniel Kitty is a beast on the offensive line with interests like Arizona and Cal. And there's just so much that could come out of this program. They could definitely get three or four spot in the West Catholic Athletic League. And that's near the top or even on the top in a lot of other uh, very good leagues around the Bay Area. Yeah, I think I think I look pretty silly now. Not putting Reardon in those way too early football rankings. I can say that next edition, Reardon. Most likely it will be in that they've got 160 kids now on their football program at all levels. It was got that facilities going up. But here, Rob Apati, what he did at Menlo Atherton winning state, calls the San Mateo's an assistant. Now he's the weird and head coach. He's brought this just different juice and excitement level there. That quarterback spot, Tippy Weidermuller's moved over from St. Ignatius. He can't play the first few games because of transferring. But you've got the 2026 kid, incoming freshman, Michael Mitchell. He is – 
going to be a national recruit. I'm telling you that right now. He's, heck, for, I don't even know if he's 14 years old yet, to be honest with you. His leadership there and his smarts. His offense coordinator joked at practice last week. By the time he's a junior, I'm not even going to have to call plays anymore. Mike, just tell me what you want to run and go do it. Go get a touchdown on it. That's how good he is. you got Zion Wells, Javius Redding. You've got great line play. Daniel Keaty's moved into Reardon now. You've got Losapini Tupo, who's got a D1 offer from San Jose State. Daniel Keaty's going to be a national recruit. That line play is huge. Then you've got Isaiah Chala. Jacob Kluppen is a great linebacker. They've got great secondary play. So Reardon, at every level, has the pieces to, I think, win at least seven games this year. Yeah, and that's going to be huge, especially against teams like Sarah and um, St. Francis. Then you have teams like Bellarmine, who's getting a lot bigger. I do think Reardon may have made taken another year or two, but with the head coach, they have the right pieces, the right quarterback, the right um, building blocks of this foundation. They're going to ter- take a school better known for its basketball to be a noisemaker in the WCAL, and I think it could be very – it could happen in the not-so-distant future. Yeah, I will say Reardon was one of my teams too, so we'll knock both of them out of the way at the same time. Now, who are your other two teams that you think we've really got to keep an eye on going into this year? I mean, I got to say um, Akawani's and San Marin, that matchup is going to be interesting. Uh, I know they won with um, – they lost their – a James Green, Fresno <laughs> State, and Joey Cook's going to Marin Catholic. But Dominic Ingrassia, the brother of quarterback at Marin Catholic, Doc um, – Michael. He um, had like 47 touchdowns against two picks, this wild ratio. <laughs> and I think he could definitely make some noise. He was great on JV. Uh, Frankie Quincy had 758 yards and 10 TDs. So I really want to see what they can do. If they can be Aqualines in week one, then they've definitely solidified their legitimacy as a sleeper program. Yes, they have. But what they've got going on, their JV team was one possession away from going undefeated. Dominic Gracia comes up. Matt Gooden's a really good 2024 prospect that I like. Got some good linemen. That defense looks strong again this year. I think San Marin's going to be a team that them and the Roman Catholic are going to fight for that league title. And after both won state title, that's going to be a fun one to watch. And you've got Aqualani, too. And speaking of them, you saw them earlier this summer, seven on seven. I know it's a little different than 11 on 11 football, right? But how do you think Aqualani's looking? What was your takeaways from that? I mean, they have two great quarterbacks coming up, Sully Bailey and Jack and and Jack Baselli. They're both very talented. Shared rotations on freshman and JV. Uh, I think, you know, they both have good arms, and they've got two amazing weapons with Paul Keener and Trevor Rogers. They gain traction with their work on the uh, on track in the track season. Kyle Velowski's a good linebacker. And those UMass offers were huge for those two, and they're really going to be deep threats uh, in the um, Dabo Quebec League for the next couple of years. Yes, they are. That's going to be a fun team to watch, especially with Floyd Burnside's offense and what he's been known to do throughout the years, the teams they produced these last couple of years. I think Akalani's, again, is going to be a team that's going to be explosive these next couple of years offensively, and they're going to be fun. And defensively, where you've got Tyler Murphy coming up on that team, Kyle Belosky is really good as well. Another guy that you mentioned, I think Akalani's is fun. Now I'm going to go out to the 707 in Sonoma County to name two more teams. Vanden, the reigning state champion, is back for another crack at it. The quarterback, Trey Dimes, is back. 46 touchdowns last year. They did lose Jemai East. They lose Michael Delkin and Mario New York, but Braden Chavez had a terrific season last year. Their defense is stellar. Their linebacker core, Kyron Jackson Davis, 71 tackles. Devin Martin, 56 tackles. He's a beast. 
finally got an offer. I've been waiting on that for that kid for a long time. And Orion Noel, 116 tackles, 26 tackles for loss. That defense is going to take them a long way in that league and in the sack walking section. And I would not be shocked if Vanden made another deep run. And then Rancher Katati. You look at it along. Two huge D1 prospects. So also Vajralale, a great receiver and defensive back committed to Cal. He had a huge year offensively over 700 receiving yards, multiple picks. Then Ananias Walker, three D1 offers of his own. He was just a sophomore last year, a major contributor of varsity for Ranch Katati when it won, when it went winning league and then going to NCS semifinals too. So that's going to be a fun team to watch. And they got quarterback experience too with Nate Keening. When you've got an experienced quarterback that's won, you're always going to be a dangerous team. I think they just have a lot of athletes up there. I mean, Saibaj Wally committed to Cal. Uh, and Anias Walker holds three offers of his own. They're very talented. Nate Keeney, he played really well in the Aqualani's game that I saw there. Led Aqualani's coming back from a 21 nothing deficit to win by one overtime. That win very well gave them the playoff spot against El Cerrito. Uh, but I, I am impressed with what Andrew Katati is able to do with all their athletes. And same with Vanden, you know, Orion Knowles coming back. I think he had like 15 or 16 sacks, five in the Northern California Championship game. He was just smothering Windsor, and he was a terror off the edge all night long. And that's what led them to, you know, that, athletic, that athleticism and that depth is really what makes Vanden stand out among other teams um, in that area. Yes, it is. That 707 football is – Definitely one that's fallen under the radar. Vannon's got a great program going. Rodriguez is really coming up, especially thought of a trip. You got Figueroa Bryant committing to Washington. Armillo's on the come up. We'll see. Woods got some guys too. I know Vacaville Christian, what they produced these last few years under Manny Tarango. You've got Kai Nunley coming up. Finally healthy. Good thing to say. Hunter Jackson. 707 football. I mean, it's going to be a fun thing to watch. We're going to get more into that in these next few weeks on podcasts. But thanks to Noah Glosson for coming on. This latest edition of the West Coast Preps podcast. Now, Noah, where can people find you on social media? Um, I don't know. My uh, Instagram is Noah Glosson, N-O-A-H-G-L-O-S-S-O-N. And my, my Twitter handle is Noah Glosson15. Um, that's where you can find me on Twitter. Uh, and, yeah, that's about, about it. Yeah, Noah was the one that revived Greg from the dead on Twitter. Greg was giving up on the Warriors and what happens. Noah picks the kid back up, picks that dude back up from the depths of nothing. And what happens? Everything turned out for the best. But we appreciate Noah for coming on again and all of his hard work. We'll have him back on again for our next episode. Going into really in-depth league previews now that you're going to start having pads coming on soon. But everybody take care, stay safe, and enjoy the rest of your week. All right.